Did you really drag me in here to listen to another one of your podcasts? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Want a juice box and some string cheese? <laughs> Do you really have that? Fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. Flawless victory. Mother? What's wrong with me? Darling, I don't have to answer to you. I'm Batman. Why'd you open your bonghole, you smelly hippie? It's clobbering time. This is the men who look bad in spandex? That's disgusting. Are you seriously calling it that? Yo, Steve, what's up? Hey, my love buddy, how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's the men who look bad in spandex back together again. Dynamic duo, buddy. All oh, right. I need like a sound effect, like whoosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. I'd like that. I'd also like to die and come back as a leotard, but we all can't get what we want, Steve. Uh, can't you know, but that could have a double-edged sword, my friend. Sure. It could be like on a, you know, like somebody who was I mean, like practicing name, for cats. Name the story or name the show, sake, you know. Right. Like, I could come back as a yeah. leotard in like a warm-up wardrobe for a like off-Broadway production of Cats. So you make a good point. <laughs> you make a great point. Oh, Talk about the worst yeah. movie ever made. Did you see Cats the movie, Steve? No, no, that uh, that monstrosity. Uh, other than the clips that were put up on the internet to make you sleep poorly at night, I no, I did not see that movie. You know, I've never really been too much of a stickler on anatomically correct anything. I played with action figures in my life, so I'm not really worried about that. But when Cats came out, I found myself a little upset about things not being anatomically correct. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, what's, what's happening? And there's nothing there? It's just fur? These, what? What? Yeah, anyway, let's not, get, let's not get distracted about how terrible that movie was, Steve. We're here to talk about some comics, my friend. It's the men... Who look bad in spandex. If you see us in public, you might think us uh, as a pastiche for Blunt Man and Chronic. That is not correct. We are not (laughs) Fat Man and the Boy Blunder either. We are the men who look bad in spandex, Steve. And it was a big day for James Gunn and everybody who was uh, or is a fan of DC, my man. Oh, man, that is... uh... That is uh, is, uh, no no truer statement today, sir. That is a... uh... That is definitely the truth. Are you disappointed at the, I guess, lack, or I should say, uh, the lacking of a dearth of properties? I thought that was a little smaller than what I expected. You? Well, I don't, with the other stuff that's happening, I mean, this is all stuff pertaining to just what they're driving with. So it, as far as their list and their breakdown, like the Marvel charts that they do, this doesn't count the other Batman. The doesn't count the other Joker. It doesn't count Blue Beetle. It doesn't count Aquaman. It doesn't count um, Shazam. Like those are all things that are still happening this year, as far as releases are concerned. So it, it looks light in the scale of things, especially for the one or two dates they gave. Because if we go off what we know from the times they've been given, the granted. They don't have dates on half that stuff. Uh, but their expected date, at least for the uh, first day on the list, which I think is just amazing, yeah, is 2024. And so that makes sense considering today's, like this year's supposed cavalcade of things. 
uh, whether, um, you know, whether the best things or not. Nevertheless, I mean, most of the stuff on the docket this year seem like they'll be, if they follow suit from previous things, will be at least decent and fun to watch. And that doesn't even count Flashpoint. Somehow I left that out of there. Gosh, how'd I do that? So, like, this year's got so many things stacked. When you look at the numbers for, again, they didn't give dates on half this stuff. So, like, Creature Commandos has a date, and Superman Legacy has a date. And Legacy is, like, 2025, so that's still, you know, a good two years away between here and there. Um, And 2024, they didn't say a month, so, I mean, I guess we'll see. When it comes to HBO Max stuff, though, we still have the last season of uh, Titans to have come out. Or, no, I guess it started already. And then we have Doom Patrol, it's its last season, which, I mean, depending how on top of that you are watch-wise, I feel like those have started, but I guess I don't really know that because I haven't, I've not been paying attention to the most recent releases for the last two seasons of uh, both those shows. So that's on me because I don't know that. Yeah, it is on you, Steve. I I know. And we're going to hold it against you forever. Uh, you know, the last season of the Flash coming up. So Cancel I mean, culture is real, right? <laughs> well, no, don't worry. You're, you're no Ezra Miller, Steve. You're no Ezra Miller, man. That's <laughs> that's for damn sure, well, you buddy. Know, apparently, he's real sorry. So that's good. I guess. Uh, yeah, talk about I mean, dodging. I, I'm talking about dodging a bullet, man. And that's that's just kind of for a different podcast. I mean, as far as social issues go, it, it's. It's obviously prevalent, you know, in any discussion, I mean, in any medium. Is, right. Right. I mean, it is it is interesting how positively spoke about the uh, Flashpoint movie has been by Mr. Gunn. Not necessarily in his little video presentation, but uh, in the announcements that were done through a bunch of podcasts that are more famous than us. Which is, you know, whatever. Or YouTube folks that are also more famous. Maybe not maybe more famous. They're famous differently. Um, so, but as far as results or reviews, apparently he spoke very highly of that from multiple sources. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, and I'm sure Ezra, like I said, I'm sure he's real sorry. And when it comes to the list of people that are canceled, it's like we went from everyone to being just Affleck and Cabell. So, I mean, I guess maybe Godot still, maybe, and Ezra may still be, maybe, Cena at this point is safe. Viola Davis is safe, which is all both good choices. Cena is uh, safe. You can't even see him, so you, you wouldn't be able to find him to cancel him. <laughs> true. No, that's I'm making true. terrible jokes, Steve. I apologize for these terrible jokes, no, man. Good. You're trying to have no, a serious podcast here, and I'm just like <laughs> fart noises. <laughs> I mean, that's totally true, though, and that's his whole stick. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, like as a thing. It, it's so funny to me. Like he's got an experience commercial now. And it's like my brain's like, This is Peacemaker doing the Purple Cow. Nicer experience yeah. part part. Purple you know? cow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I just like how his hair gets uh, life of its own every time I see him and uh Yeah, Peacemaker <laughs> two is gonna be great. Um so obviously the standalones are fantastic. Uh, I, the momentum's good, right? You got to start somewhere, build up. Um, I guess di- right. differentiating from the Marvel Universe will probably be pretty important for James Gunn. 
because I think of his history, and I don't know how that's going to play in. You know, maybe he's got a few things up his sleeve that's kind of a middle finger to Marvel. But what sticks out to you, man? Like, uh, what's the one, as soon as you said the list, like, as soon as you saw that list, what was the one that goes, you know, put a little tickle in the ear? You know, you, you know what's, right? The loins, the nethers, if you will. I mean, I know, I... I really do like the Creature Commandos. Like I, those characters are so great, and they're highly underused. And during uh, Flashpoint, there was a series called Frankenstein: Age in the Shade. It was only a five-part miniseries, and a few, most actually, two or three of these characters come from that. And it was so good that all of us wished there was a Frankenstein book, like a proper Frankenstein book, happening when New Fifty Two started. And eventually, we got one. It wasn't quite the same. It wasn't bad, um, and during Rot World, all those times were great, and that whole scenario with Swamp Thing and Animal Man, as far as the books were concerned, were just fantastic. They were. That was Jeff Lemire, man. Great work. No, exactly. Yeah. So it was so good. Yannick Paquette drawing Swamp Thing. I mean, it was it was great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they even the shade Frankenstein, like that book was just so awesome that most of us were surprised that it didn't show up, you know, in another another venue quicker. So, like, the idea of the animated being a thing, I think, is is great. Yeah. Only because those characters don't get any, like, light in the world now. Mm-hmm. The idea that we're talking about casting the same people to do voices as we do to do live action is very interesting. Um, and as far as a thing, I, if they can pull that off in a way that everything is connected, like New City 2, one of the few things that were People overlook when the new 52 books were coming out. One of the most impressive pieces, really, was that everything was happening in unison, savor action comics because Grant Morrison does what he likes, Batman Inc. also because Grant Morrison does what he likes, and Justice League, which were all taking place at slightly different times. I mean, Batman was still happening at the same time, but meh, it was its own thing. <laughs> Whereas action was like in the past. By, I think if I remember, I was 10 years. No, yeah, yeah, 10 years. Justice League was five years in the past, and everything else was running simultaneously. Yes. So when stuff would happen in books, they would reflect in other books, which is very impressive considering um, how many people you have to orchestrate to make that happen. I mean, it's one thing to do a crossover. It's another thing when the entire universe is playing in the same ball field. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. that's very impressive. So the idea of a uh, connected universe across... I mean, TV, I think they're mostly talking probably the stuff that's going on at HBO Max. Now, but, I big mean, question. I you can see an end of the CW. Yeah. I, look, the CW will be fine. Warner Brothers will probably populate that with some sort of secret world of Alex Mack uh, reboot or possibly something else they have. <laughs> In right. the vault, I, I don't really worry about it. like Veronica Mars or something like that. The CW has had quality stuff, but it felt like the only landing place because, and that's what it's felt like a lot of things that Warner Brothers has done. They're like, well, we've got this IP and it's popular. Where do we put it? I don't know. The CW. Okay, yeah, it's like a bunch of suits 
in a big room going, well, okay, let's, like, let's start spitballing ideas. Then all of a sudden, the ideas get kind of a little dicey, but then someone's like, well, we got to go with something. And they say, yeah, boom, CW. They snap their fingers and say, I like it, and I get the heck out of here. Just like any stereotypical <laughs> CEO like exchange happens or whatever. And, th- and there it is for the CW. But it, it's not like the CW was struggling before. It was, it's not going to struggle after. Yeah, I think those you know, the Titans and the Flash made it more powerful. Legends of Tomorrow is pretty fun. It's pretty good. Pretty well done. I think, though, you need to switch. You need to migrate to a premium streaming format so you can invest into it. I mean, because if you're going to have a TV production, and this is kind of outside of comics anyway, but you know a little bit about TV production. Everything's done by the book and by a budget, and if you don't have something, you have to fudge it. So... I think if you throw those things on HBO Max, like you're talking about, away possibly from the CW, man, I, it gets better, if you ask me. It, it gets better because of probably the premium format, a little bit looser and less stringent restrictions, because you're not on TV, you're now a premium format uh, on streaming. And yeah, it would allow, I think, darker and more adult stories to be told. Definitely a little bit more of that visceral feel that I think a lot of adults are looking for in their comics, you know, or in their, you know, shows and whatnot. They want to feel like they're adults. They don't want to sit there and be told, well, this is what superheroes are, man. And they're like, no, they were clamoring, clamoring for, God, yeah goes back to the Eternals for me, man. People are like, when are we going to see a sex scene in the MCU? I'm like, what are you talking about? Who wants that? Why do you want that? And it's because that's what people are. I mean, they want more reality in their entertainment. And it's completely, uh, it's a, it's an oxymoron because they're being entertained by something that's so fantastical, but they want the same reality that they live in to be woven in. It's like, it's like Black, it's like Black Adam. Right, that whole opening scene shot in slow motion, and it's just like this man is not involved in your real life. This man has no place in real life whatsoever. So bringing him in would be exactly like that. It's like those great jokes I always see on the internet, Steve, and you've probably seen them too about you know getting off of work. And if you actually lived in, say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you get off work one day in New York and the Hulk's busy throwing your car at a villain and he completely misses, what are you supposed to do about that? I was like, yeah, I wish I had more sex scenes in my entertainment. No, you're like, God, I hate these people. (laughs) My insurance is super high right now because the Hulk is throwing my car 75 miles away from where it's at. And like the insurance company says, well, you're out of luck, bro. You're out of luck, man. Maybe that's a bit of a rant on my part. Maybe that's the inner child, you know, still speaking. My friend, you know, saying, hey, comics, you don't really need to worry about that. But then again, you know, maybe the reality, the gritty, the, you know, the suspense. I mean, it certainly works for a character like Batman, but I I don't need to see it in Superman. I don't. Right. Well, as far as the... I mean, there are a few books that actually reflect what you're talking about. I mean, Damage Control, that's what it's about. Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there is a there's a couple of those things that that exist in the comic books. But I mean, you're right as far as premiums on your insurance. My gosh, there has to be like the amount of check boxes, especially if you live in New York with all the chaos. There, there probably is one blanket one that's like a superhero insurance or supervillain insurance, and you know, depending on the day of week where they sit. Yeah. Which would be absolutely crazy. Yeah. God, man. Trying to be in a J.K. Simmons would have a whole different kind of job over there. <laughs> it, would sound, it would sound amazing, but it would still be like just a nightmare, dude. 
Nightmare. A total nightmare, man. I, just think about it. That was like my favorite part about Man of Steel by Scott Snyder. Uh, not sorry, I'm not Scott Snyder, but Zack Snyder. I was like, this, the amount of property damage is staggering. <laughs> they, they destroyed like five or six buildings that were being built. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. I mean, you think about what happened in Age of Ultron, too, in the MCU. It, I, I understand you want a gritty... You want a gritty, more realistic superhero because it helps you get past the unbelievability of it, Steve. But look, and let's not be a hypocrite and say, if you want gritty realism, let's go like, you know, let's have a supercut of people in an insurance office going, are you going to pay for this or not? <laughs> right. No, yeah, it'd be, anyway, yeah, yeah. It'd be boring as sin, but at the same time, it's a real thing. Yeah, it would I, be. Well, maybe not, I guess, depending on how fanciful the action. I mean, his commercials, they they do have some pretty fanciful things in them, so okay. Yeah. I, I guess I probably would watch that show at least for a minute. I mean, if he's in it, I'd give it more than that. But Yeah, but... When it, yeah, when it comes to that stuff, there's a buddy of mine, Nolan, um, one of the dudes from the store, and he always tells me, it's, it's hilarious. And he comes in, and we're talking about superhero movies, he's like... You know what always bothers me is I'm talking to guys at work, and because like, where, where he works, different place. Anyway, he's like, they're in there talking about, and I can't believe that his, his costume looks the way his costume looks. <laughs> and my brain always says, hang on. So the idea of him flying and having the heat vision come out of his eyes or the claws come out of his hands or right. the optic blast come out of his sunglasses right. or his fur being blue, that's okay. But what you can't take is his pants. Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh. It's hilarious. Like He delivers oh. it way better than I do. I did not do him justice, but it is so funny because it's it true. It is. You know, the thing actually, you want to argue about is the piping on his outfit, yeah. whether Superman's underwear on the outside. What are you? What are you talking about? Oh, that is so beautiful how life does that. Because <laughs> I was in a situation exactly like that, Steve. I'm with my friend. He's a huge Wolverine fan, and he's super stoked about Deadpool three. And he's showing me some of the costume uh, stills that Hugh Jackman and Moore are putting out of, you know, because Wolverine's supposed to don the Wolverine costume finally for the very first time. The one we all know and love, not black leather. Like, you know, whatever, <laughs> Brian. Brian, whatever Brian Singer. Anyway, he's complaining about what it looks like. He's like, this isn't real. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is like I said the same thing. You'll pump the brakes, muchacho. This is a small, hairy Canadian who can live through a nuclear blast, all right, who's also a samurai and possibly a government operative for the CIA. And he's got, you know, metal on his skeleton. And here we are talking about how you think this costume looks unrealistic. And I'm just like, wait, what? What? They wear, they wear spandex, for oh, God's okay. sakes, man. I mean, I'll give you a costume looking good or bad is definitely a thing. But when you're like, I can't believe the costume, uh, really? But when with that character in question, but you can believe he could swim in a lake. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah, he won't sink I mean, immediately whatever. down to the bottom of it because he's literally made of adamantium. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, sorry. No, it's it, huge rant, brother. Huge rant. No, no, it's it's totally. It's totally a thing. I mean, as far as the, it's, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean the costumes need to look good. That's not what we're saying at all. I mean, as far as the costumes looking good and looking neat, that's that's beside the point. It's just it's one of those things that like, if that's where your line is, then like, do you forget what you're watching? Because you know, 
But yeah, as a thing, to spin it back around the DC universe, as far as things I'm like sort of stoked for, I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of Booster Gold in general. Yeah, that's that and was probably I, me. That's I was going to agree with you there. I'm excited about Booster. So, I think that's really cool. I don't know if I like Gunn's delivery of dialogue about Booster Gold because it makes me it makes me wary. Now, I'll give you in, in general. The description of Booster Gold being a you know a guy from the future who steals technology and goes back in time to showboat to make himself a rough superhero, I mean that is the cover story. So I mean it is kind of right, and I guess you know being a person just teasing the water, I guess see that being what they really were doing there. But the the backside of the truth of that is that he's in the past to fix things, and he acts that way on purpose. Which, you know, when Jeff Johns is writing the stories, if you did not read enough Booster Gold, well, you never you never got far enough to see that part and think he's more of a yuckster. So I'm kind of like, huh, well, I get not giving up the goat. And if I ruined it just now with my mouth for people, then, you know, hey, read some comic books. Yeah, definitely. Read some comic books, man. Right. Read some but as a, comic uh, book. Read a comic uh, book. <laughs> but as a, as a thing, I'm just like, well... Okay, that that sounds that sounds off, but okay. I mean, it is well, what it is. And, okay. Taking from your point there, you make. I'm actually excited because Booster Gold as a youngster, I I think is is, is very fertile ground for great television. Um, if you think oh, sure. about I mean, the Peacemaker, scene, the scene, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about the tone, the underlying hilarious tone of Peacemaker. And, you know, Booster Gold's not nearly as violent, so you can have that kind of same tonal, like, pace. And, and you know, you even get a, a beloved show. I think you, you will, I mean, if you do him justice. And, yeah, there can be moments of levity, really big ones, in there. And, you know, Gunn is actually pretty good at that. I'm not going to, you know, say he's not providing, he, you know, real moments of grounding throughout his pretty funny stuff as uh, you know not only this the suicide squad and uh guardians of the galaxy galaxy illustrate but um you know i, I just think that booster and possibly even by proxy blue beetle and then maybe even some rip hunter in there you have a lot of great stuff for a lot of uh storylines arcs connecting events that's booster could be the main linchpin right he could be the guy that shows up everywhere oh, yeah. and connects and creates the dc extended universe that, that was my thought right away well that's a very good possibility i mean as far as the setup is concerned when it comes to like i mean like you said booster gold wins to comedy gold i mean him and his robot buddy skeets and, oh skeets give me some skeets baby right so like I don't I don't necessarily like I said I don't I don't think that that is going to go badly I just I'm apprehensive because I, I the idea of him just it's not that he's not a extra because he is but he does all that to throw people off so I mean I'm guessing probably my my concern is that I didn't hear my answer right away and chances are the truth of this of the show will be exactly what I'm talking about. So that's probably just me being apprehensive for the sake of being apprehensive. Oh. So now I'm the guy insulting Superman's underwear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it all goes full circle. It all comes full circle, and you learn, and you try to do better. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I, Booster Gold in general I thought was awesome. At one point, there was talk of if Legends of Tomorrow had gone another season, then what they were leaning at doing was a Booster Gold 
a Booster Gold appearance in the show. I don't know to what level, but they were talking to Donald, Donald Faison about playing the part. Oh. And that guy is so funny. Yeah. That the rest of it I didn't care about. I thought, man, he'd, he'd be awesome. And at one point, he actually tweeted out that if that became a thing, he was planning on trying to convince him to bring Zach Rath along to play the part of Blue Beetle. Oh, man. I thought, man. my gosh. That would be that so be? good. Yeah, Zach Braff, Donald Faison, bring them together. Scrubs, I, I gave Scrubs credit. I don't usually give sitcoms credit, but I gave Scrubs a lot of credit. Oh, no, fantastic. It was. So I, the idea of uh, the two of them playing those parts <laughs> in The Legends Tomorrow would have been so, like, gold. Yeah, so good. Uh, but as a, as a thing, being the series, season, the series ended, and at this point we're, you know, no longer attached to it. Right. I guess it would be interesting to see, like, what, what they're doing for the the parts. Apparently, they're already in talks with somebody to play the part of Booster Gold, so it'll be interesting to see who that is. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm very curious about that. And to see, like I said, what kind of tone it'll take, and if he is a linchpin. I, you know, Booster is such a malleable thing. He's such a great character in the fact that he can be anything he wants. You know, Batman's pretty stoic. He's a bit of a, uh, you know, an obelisk, if you will. Superman is the same way. Booster, uh, you know, I mean... He can be, he can delve into those worlds and he can create a really dynamic character. Because Booster, even though his best intentions are just that, I mean, they often come off the wrong way because of the cheese, the schmalls, and the idea of him cheating. And I think you create a very relatable character. I mean, it's easy enough to say, I want to be Batman or Superman, but you look at Booster and say, man, I am him. I would do that. I would be a janitor who <laughs> right. stole tra- time traveling tech to just make myself a better person in the future, and that's that's what's always been good for Booster for me, and that's why I like Blue Beetle before Jamie Reyes. I thought Ted Cord was a great Batman kind of uh, one off. Uh, it was. I, I still think Ted Cord's death in the comics is one of the biggest that still reverb- reverberates today. Uh, as one of the best examples of comic book death. And he, has he come back? I don't think Ted Cord has come back. Steve, has he? No, yeah. he has. Yeah, oh, he has. he's uh, oh. he uh, showed up a little bit during New Fifty Two, um, not necessarily as the Blue Beetle. Then he showed up a little bit during Rebirth. Uh, they did a a series with both the Blue Beetles actually, where we had him. He was kind of acting as a shepherd to the young Reyes, but there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of that in the book. It was more of a kind of like a passing the torch thing because like Ted uh, Court Industries was still around and. For a little while, we had the two of them like working together to to move forward with the character. Um, the series didn't last super long. I mean, Race has got that problem, and Booster or not Booster, um, Blue, like Beetle himself has had several runs in time. But there's also been a couple different guys over the Blue Beetle. So like Ted Cord, being the the one you're talking about, I mean, he was a legacy to somebody else. Um, there was real recently a miniseries called Blue and Gold, which was. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle in a team-up. Uh, I ran maybe eight issues. That's during the Rebirth time frame. So it came out maybe, oh gosh, maybe two years ago, and it had Ted full suit uh, being dragged into things by Booster, who was looking to get himself back on the Justice League, or at least talked about the Justice League. Uh, so their story happened, I mean, it's out of sequence with other stuff, but it's Rebirth doesn't have the same rules as 52 ads. So, but yeah, it was really great. I mean, it's the whole buddy cop thing completely and, and showing selling idea booster with a uh, modern spin of the idea of using TikTok and stuff like that because you know from his old days and his original days that wasn't even a thing so 
nowadays it makes perfect sense he'd be dropping videos everywhere because that's what he did. He would be a great character. You're absolutely right. He would be easy to place in 2023 as as a real person, not only with his technology, oh, yeah. but you know his his fortune and, and and more. And then of course his obvious just pure relatability as a superhero character. I don't know if any, if anybody wants to check out what we're talking about. Maybe some Justice League International from the late 80s, early 90s. Oh man, oh, yeah. yeah. His death. Well, I don't remember what the Maxwell uh, Max Lord. Uh, Run was it was a big event from DC. I forget the name of it when Max Lord took every it took control of everybody and took control of Brother I for from Batman and yeah yeah and that was actually the beginning of uh, Infinite Crisis. If we we go all the way back to like 2009, uh, right before that was when the Max Lord um, Justice League International. It was kind of a tidying up of all the Justice League books, if I remember correctly, from DC because they were like. We've got this international, we've got Europe, we've got blue, we've got gold. Uh, you know, Superman had just died and come back to life as a, a being of electricity. So, yeah, they were kind of like, well, let's let's figure something out here. And I think that was one of those that helped them do that. And then, of course, it led into the new 52 and, you know, even more. Um, but, you know, we could talk Blue Beetle, Booster <laughs> Gold all evening because they're yeah. great. But, uh, you know... If you're looking for the first one, if you're out there going, well, what am I watching first, Max and Steve? You're probably going to watch uh, the second Joker, which comes out in 2024. Uh, it's supposed to be October 4th, 2024. The Superman Legacy is July 11th, 2025. The Creature Commando is sometime in 2024. But it seems like the first thing you're really going to see on screen are those Elseworlds. They've actually labeled them Elseworld properties. The Batman, Matt right. Reeves is the Batman, and then Joker, uh, Folly Adieu, which apparently stars not only uh, Joaquin Phoenix reprising his Oscar-winning role, and then Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, Harley and Quinn's own, which I think has right. a lot of people going, hmm, because she's she's very talented. She's a very talented person, and she really, I guess, could bring that same levity somebody like Joaquin brought to Arthur Fleck. And those will probably be just one-offs, right, Steve? That's what I'm feeling. Those will be existing like Elseworlds, Elseworlds does in comic continuity. Am I wrong there, or do I sound right? No, you're right. That's totally what they're doing, um, which, which makes a lot of sense, considering that the way things are lined out, especially if you're not just dumping this stuff entirely, uh, it makes sense to be be what they are with the Elseworlds presence. And Elseworlds, uh, if, you, if you're not as familiar with the comic books as a thing, it's basically the same idea as What If, except, you know, DC-flavored. And Elseworlds had so many good things, and I don't know if that means that at some point we might move forward with other Elseworlds. I mean, the time in the world right now, probably Red Sun Superman would not be a good choice to try to you know, it is a thing just because of the oh, way the world currently oh, sits. Oh, Steve! Oh, man! I'm just saying. Oh, it, man! It's I guess. Yeah, you have. It is a great, great comic, but yeah, you're right. A uh, Russian Superman, probably not a great idea. I mean, right now, right now probably not. The, you know, the best choice as oh, a thing. Somebody... Readwise, it is a fantastic read, and Mark Millar wrote it. Uh, it's the same guy who gave you Kickass and. Kingsman and want well wanted, and a handful of other things that are just fantastic. Uh, so, like story wise, it's great. One of my favorite Batman's is in there. I, I mean, it doesn't go well for him, but still, it's it's great. What like which, um, which Batman? Yeah. Red Rain? No, well he's 
he's red suit Superman, Batman. He's a fuzzy oh. hat Batman. Oh, oh, that. Oh, god. Oh, yeah, Comrade Batman. I'm, is that? Yeah, one of the best yeah. Batmans. <laughs> oh man, one of my favorites. I mean, he's... Red Rain is really great too. Which that Sorry. I think is one would be way more likely just because the whole vampire flavoring and the darkness yeah. of it and trying to get another edge. Yeah. I mean, I I think that'd be really cool. There's there's a whole handful of like awesome stories that are Elseworlds, but I don't necessarily know if that means they're going to plan to do more Elseworlds or just things that are happening could still be there. Because, yeah. I mean, if we got a, I think it's called Speeding Bullets or Stray Bullets. It's no Speeding Bullets. It's Speeding Bullets, yeah. So good. That's an I mean, it's, yeah. uh, what if, you know, Superman crashed in Gotham, and as a result, the Waynes find him instead of the Kents, and, well, as an elected choice, they don't have a Bruce, and... The alley still happens, so we get a uh, Batman that is Superman, which is just awesome. Yeah, it is cool. And then if you'd like even more, since we're on this kind of train track, there's another Elseworlds one. I think it's uh, Darkest Night, or perhaps uh, you know, it's where Batman becomes Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it would yeah. also be awesome. I mean, once, right. which another one on the list here being the mix, the cop story, the Green Lantern story, like they had talked earlier so back to our list sorry spinning this dial around <laughs> on the list we have we have green lanterns which they had been talking about a green lantern show already before and initially most of the uh, talk about it was resulted around just john stewart and trying to push that as a thing so this version that we're getting now with the new gun pieces is going to be a mix with hal and john and it sounds very I mean, well, from what they said, there's at least it's True Detectives. Now, okay, so it's the first season of True Detectives is fantastic. Second season's okay, and then after that, I didn't watch anymore. So, you know, as a thing, the concept of that as uh, space cops, I think, is great. The idea is John and Hal, that's cool, too. I mean, do we shortcut Sinestro then? I don't know. Maybe he's the first bad guy. Yeah. Maybe it leaves the blackest night. Maybe it leads to the crisis of infinite earths. Uh, you know, there's a whole handful of things that that could lead to as big events. And since they're calling this the first step of gods and monsters, or first book of gods and monsters, whereas like MCU has phases, we're gonna have books, I guess. Which that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. It'll be interesting to see what that means for the rest of the thing moving forward. But I like the idea of the Green Lantern that focuses on the two of them, and then promises others to appear so i think so the police force i think that's really cool well you know and and that's it's not like even though the scope of the green lantern Corps is massive and goes throughout the cosmos you can really ground it with exactly what you're saying and this is what i thought they did wrong when ryan reynolds played green lantern and there's a lot wrong with that movie but it kind of represents what hollywood regarded superhero movies at as the at the time as at the time and then as it kind of kept on evolving there was more of a demand for good story and, and quality ideas so if they were to focus the filmmakers or the showmakers or whoever they are on that idea you know the idea of a cop i mean there are so many great police shows throughout history, whether it's procedural, whether it's action-based, whether it's buddy cop comedy, man. I mean, look how long Dick Wolf has cashed Law & Order checks, man. If if they could do that with 
you know, the idea of space in there. And you don't have to focus on world building. You have to focus on two cops doing their job on whatever planet you want. I mean, it, it's so episodic, man. It's beautiful. And I'm glad it's part of the TV schedule. That, I thought, was a good move from Gunn. And what's what's the dude's name? Peter... Oh, Peter Saffron. Saffron. Yeah, that's right. I thought that was a great move from them to put lanterns in there. Also like the idea of Waller, because Viola Davis is just an incredible actor. And she's... I, I don't know, man. Like I thought Henry Cavill was spot on, but then Amanda Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. She is so good at that. And her show, you might see hers in 2024. That's what they say the release date is. Possibly could be right after or right before Creature Commandos. But it feels like that uh, that will be some of the first stuff new you see besides the Elseworlds. Right. Well, I'm like, the way they were talking, it seems like at least part of the stuff from the movies come out this year are sort of moving forward with this universe. So and the, the way they reference uh, Shazam having been basically his own island anyway, I, I think the truth is more, more of what we're going to be seeing as we move forward is going to be like, like with the Suicide Squad. Uh, so when Gunn came in there and did his, uh, his, uh, his The Suicide Squad, it was a soft reboot. Um, it didn't require another movie. Then the movie happened, but it didn't matter that it happened. So when it comes to like what they're doing here, I think that's partially what's happening with the way things are shaped too. And the idea of the Flashpoint being, at least from what we've all assumed it to be and what they're making it sound like right now, is restarting the universe anyway. So with that in mind, I mean, characters won't always be the same, and that'll include look and whatever else. But, yeah, when it comes to Viola Davis, like all that stuff is so that she's been in is so great, whether it was the tiny little bit that she's in the, uh, oh, gosh, what would she cameoed in throughout the Peacemaker show. She cameoed she throughout it. Yeah. So, like, as far as pieces are concerned, the idea of her having her own standalone show as a bridge between the two seasons of Peacemaker, I think, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll know, maybe sell the idea of, of her, uh, because she's, like, super evil, but at the same time, she's, kind of got a reason for doing it that's not just evil. So it'll be interesting to see like what that shakes out as, but I think that's a great great fit, too. And as far as casting is concerned, I yeah, I can't think of anybody that could play the part better. I mean, it's just like Vincent Zanofre over there with Kingpin. Oh, man. I, I think that Michael did just fantastic in the Ben Affleck outing. As far as an actor at the time, I couldn't think of anybody that had the size that could do it, and he did very well as a Kingpin. But when it comes to look and... Especially with D'Onofrio's size now, it, I moving forward, I don't know if you could ever cast anybody else who'd be spot on with look and just bravado. That guy's fantastic. I think we have the same thing on the DC side with Amanda. Is I can't think of anybody else that would even be close to commanding the way that she is. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very true, man. Um, you touched on Swamp Thing. Uh, we didn't talk about the authority. We didn't talk about Paradise Lost. I thought Paradise Lost posed some interesting questions. Um, what I read from Peter Safran, uh, he said it was going to be a Game of Thrones type story about Paradise Island, where, of course, the Amazons and Wonder Woman was born. That could be interesting. Um, the Supergirl one as well from James Gunn seems incredibly interesting as well. It's based on uh, Tom King's uh, 
run, recent run, where she was on Krypton, and then she was on a piece of the planet that drifted away from the planet, lived there for like the first, you know, 14 years of her life. Now, you've obviously right. read some of the comic. Does that translate well into something like that? Or do you think that's a risk to take Supergirl and put her there? Well, that story itself is is really popular. And Tom King, as far as writing is concerned, even when he gets along in the tooth with, with, with some stuff, a majority of, I'm going to say all the stuff he writes is good. I'll give you, I, I can take the arguments that his Batman, you know, the closing of his Bane storyline went too long. I, okay, I, I, can, I can agree with that. But as far as, I'm going to say majority of everything else he's done is really good. I mean, he did a series for Vision that pieces of were definitely influential to WandaVision. Not the same story, mind you, but there are pieces that leaked in there, and it's great. He did one for uh, Batman Catwoman that does wind up being an outside reality-type story, but it's really great. Actually, he's got two of those that are like that. He's got one that's called Killing Time, and it's very like, I don't know, it's like a Quentin Tarantino Batman story by Tom King. It's it's awesome. Um, so he do, he's a good writer, and as far as like series is... is, is I would say a majority of his miniseries are just gold by themselves. Is it weird that we're doing the spin where we use her there instead of just taking her straight to Earth? Um, I mean, a little bit. But as far as the stories, since eventually we can get there anyway, I don't think that really hurts things. I think it's interesting, and I think the way that particular story went developed her a different a different way. And it's, it's really, really well-liked. So for people that have never read the comic books, Okay, yeah, it's going to be a little different, but as a thing in general, I think it's so well well digested by people that it'll be just fine. Okay, well, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear, especially um, when you think about what's popular and then what works uh, uh, in that format. The Brave and the Bold seem awesome. I mean, we're going to get Damian Wayne. In, it seems yeah. like, and it's probably going to be, it's going to be the DCU's Batman, right? Whoever they choose, that's going to be them going forward. It's not going to be Robert Pattinson and some, you know, kid. It's going to be the basis, right? It's going to be the tentpole in which they build the Batman p- corner of this universe from then on, right? Am I am I mistaking that, or? No, that's, from what they've said, that's yeah. the case. That's what it seems like. Uh, whoever whoever's cast as the Batman in this particular storyline is going to be the Batman moving forward, theoretically. Uh, as far as stories, I, I like the titling. I, I don't mind them using Damien. I do think it's a little weird to go straight to Damien. I think that's a, I think that's a weird jump. I, Are you just upset it, that they did Tim Drake dirty? Is that what you, you're just upset they do in Tim Drake dirty? Well, Tim and Jason and... I mean, at this point, I mean, Richard, so I mean, I'll give you, okay, so of the group of them, Grayson has had probably the most outings, really. I mean, yeah. we have Batman 66. Yep. We have the version of him in the Titans. Mm-hmm. When it comes to animated cartoons, it's they generally don't tell us which one it is because he's sort of a mix between mostly Dick and Tim, but as a thing, I would say he's probably the most readily known origin so I get trying to go to an origin movie that is an origin movie that maybe not everyone knows, but we still have the idea of the Red Hood in there, which I, I guess when you say second most well-known, I could see that being Jason for sure. I mean, the order of their existence is kind of the amount of how much they carry in the world, but Jason also had the benefit of 
appearing in the Titan show as a thing. Mm-hmm. He has two video yeah. games where he's one of the main linchpins yep. in the game. Yes. He has the uh, animated movie Under the Red Hood, which is a great adaption of the very, comic that happened. Very good movie. So as far as outings, he has a lot of outings as well. Now, granted, not nearly the same amount as uh, Grayson. When it comes to uh, young Tim, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have uh, a whole lot of things that are his own at all, really. I mean, he has a couple outings in animated, but he's never, like, the main draw in there. And as far as, like, stories are concerned, I mean, maybe because he just hasn't had enough of a, a, a I don't know, I want to say tragic backstory, but, I mean, he's, he also has that, too. And there's still a mix of, like, which version of Tim we've been dealing with. Whether he's New 52 Tim or whether he's pre-New 52 Tim, because pre-New 52, we let grow up a little bit. He became Red Red Robin, wore a cowl-styled hood, so just without the ears. And, like, that time frame, before New 52 reset the universe, we never really gotten back to that version of him. Not really. There's a, the amalgam we're dealing with right now, but, yeah, as far as, like, shortcuts are concerned, it seems like a, a weird leapfrog to go past... I mean, not just one, but three of the boys to start with Damien. Not that the Grant Morrison stories aren't great, because they are. And his time frame as Robin is still the current Robin. He invented, like, didn't he? He invented Damien Wayne, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, his first appearance uh, in uh, in books is actually Batman 666, which yeah. is a flash to the future. Yep. Where he saw a crazy shaved-headed version of that man running around in a trench coat with a high collar now, and it was just glorious now steve that to me is the reason that damian wayne is going to be the robin in this this current version so they have that obviously dick is nightwing solidly nightwing uh jason solidly red hood um i don't think they need a red robin i don't think they need uh tim drake they Obviously, Damien's kind of supplanted him in his Titans role in the comics as well as in some of the animated movies. But, but Steve, yeah, I, I just think just because of where he is, you know, he's the third Robin. And the fact that no one's really known what to do with him, if you've read anything to do with Tim Drake in the last 10 years, he, he's been kind of directionless. It's been more of a, well, okay... Tim's going to fade into the background while Damien steps up or Dick gets his time in the cowl or they give that massive, you know, kind of love letter to Grayson that they did recently. All of that stuff. You know, Tim Drake probably was never, ever going to do that because, I mean, his his purpose, and, and they talk about this a lot because Batman, you know, needs a Robin. Uh, you know, Jason Todd was out of necessity for Bruce to kind of find family or at least reach out and try to help someone without, you know, breaking their tibia for breaking and entering or whatever. <laughs> so that's that, you know, and, you know, Dick was a pastiche of him. He saw what happened to him, happened to Dick. And then he was like, well, Jason Todd needs help. And, you know, it was Tim Drake who sought him out, who said, you know, Batman's way too dark without a Robin. So um, that type of, I guess, origin story, it's easy to retcon or even ignore because it has a lot less emotional value. I'm not, 
I'm not like downplaying Tim's emotionality in the comics because he's been involved in a ton of tear-jerking moments, man. One of my favorite panels of all time is Brad Meltzer's uh, Identity Crisis when Captain Boomerang kills Jack Drake. But, you know, after that, I, I didn't really see him in any sort of real integral parts of the DC universe. You know, Batman R.I.P. and then the return, the death and return of Bruce Wayne done by Morrison had him kind of acting like that and had him change his character somewhat from a kind of a a boy genius to a, you know, very dark vengeance obsessed dude. And then to where he is now, which is, you know, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what Tim's, Tim's doing right now. Steve, I couldn't even tell you if he even has direction. I do know Stephanie Brown's back in. You've got Cassandra Cain to think about. Yeah, I just think he gets caught up in the wash, man. I really do. You know, he's one of those that, as far as integral pieces, they're definitely integral pieces to him. I mean, you mentioned uh, the death and return of Bruce Wayne. Well, during that whole time frame, back when we aged him up and gave him the, you know, the the Batman hoodie that didn't have the uh, cow that didn't have the ears, he was the only one that believed Bruce was still alive. So if, if anything, I mean, I guess you'd say he's the... Uh, Gosh, it's not the hope because that's what that's what Grayson is. He's like, uh, oh gosh, I don't know, the resounding belief there's no end or something. I, there's a, there's a better word and I can't come up with it. Uh, but there's been multiple stories actually where the world believes that that Batman is dead, and the only one that doesn't is Tim Drake. And not saying that Grayson doesn't hope that he's not, but of the group of them, Tim's the crusader. That's what it is. He'd be the crusader of that and. It does fall on the wayside with all the other stories happening. And, like, he's got his own current series right now, which is trying to shape, like, what he is currently, I guess. Um, but as far as, like, appearances and things, like, even real recently we did another storyline with, in the current Batman books, where uh, Batman is someplace other than normal Gotham. And uh, all intents and purposes, it looks like he was uh, annihilated um, in the current Chip Zdarsky run, mm-hmm. which is going to be kind of spoilery, but... Uh, as a thing, we are met again with posing a question to the boys, like, is he still alive? And the first one to say that he is is Tim. And granted, Grayson follows right afterwards saying he agrees, too, and he was glad that he said that. But it's like a whole thing that uh, between the group of them, they all have their different elements that are Batman-related. And when it comes to shortcuts or whatever, I mean, as far as the moniker of their own, other than the time that they gave him the other outfit, and we made him be a little older. The Red Robin scenario has always fallen short since New 52. When they first opened that up, we tried to start with him telling the stories that he'd always been Red Robin. There was no time he was Robin. He was always the Red Robin. And you say, well, why does that matter? It doesn't really, but it takes away from the part when he was Robin, because the Robin parts, they kind of shortcut it in those stories too. And we changed his initial onset to be more of a spoiled child than... Um, a kid who had too much free time was really, really smart. Uh, so New 52's origin story for him was, was twisted enough that I think it even disconnected people from the pieces that are awesome about him. But again, he's one that, I mean, and this is, he's one that does get overlooked, I think. But, I mean, there's been other people that have said very similar things, too. I mean, uh, oh gosh, what's his name from the Batman anime series? The... Oh, the artist, 
Bruce, who, Bruce, not, not Paul Dini, but Tim, Bruce, Tim, Bruce, Tim. There's the one. That's the one I was looking for. So Bruce, Tim, as my brother can vouch for, because him and my brother do not get along as people, which is really weird. <laughs> um, it's so bizarre. He didn't believe that Tim Drake had any place in the universe in the animated movies as per being questioned by my brother, which is probably why they didn't get along, because I don't think he likes being asked questions. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, I mean, directly a thing he said, uh, not just to my brother, but to a couple of us that were there, that uh, he didn't necessarily think that uh, even even Jason Todd deserved a movie. But at the time, the Jason Todd movie just come out, so who knows what was really going on in the guy's day. And maybe he hadn't had his coffee yet, because it was pretty early in the morning when we were talking to him. Uh, so, you know, and as a thing... I think Tim uh, Tim gets shortcut pretty regular, and and I guess we'll see what this does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get picking Damien. Damien's the current fire. He's the current flavor, and he yeah. is, he is a very popular character. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I get doing that. And I guess if we're going to see a Nightwing movie, I mean, everybody seemed to. Well, not everybody. There was a lot of folks that believed that uh, the uh, Batman trilogy would lead to that. With uh, oh gosh, now I can't remember what his name is. George, uh, Joseph Gordon, Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, his middle name yeah, was Robin. Guy. Yeah, right. I, I don't know why. That is so not Nolan. That is so unnolan. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so bad. Very strange. Yeah, super strange. Uh, Force. Very forced. Very forced. Because right. there right. was nothing. Well, nothing actually in the entire lead up to any of that no. that had me putting those two and two together. I just felt like there was a good cop in Gotham. You know, besides Gordon, <laughs> which there are. Right. Right. But I mean, there, there, there's a handful. I mean, you can count them probably on a hand and a half. There you go. So, yeah, when it, when it comes to that, I think that that, I don't know, I, my own belief, I have nothing to prove this other than what I think in my head. So don't quote it as if it's gospel because it's not. I, I kind of think that maybe the truth is that he didn't want to get Schumachered in those movies. And so he gave oh. an ending which you can never lead from because you can't. Yeah, I like how you ver- verb that. Schumacher, Val Kilmer. I mean, I think that's what he was doing. He's afraid he's going to get Schumachered, and yeah. we leave this with an ending where we have Alfred either having a stroke at a dinner party. Well, no, he's at a restaurant. Either the man's had a stroke, or he's seeing visions, or Bruce Wayne's really not dead. Who knows? Maybe the, him and Catwoman went to the island to party. I mean, oh, doing we, we don't know. I mean, if it's him having a stroke, that's sad. But we leave that as an ending. We give away the mansion to the boys' home, which the idea of Robin turning, or well, John, of Gordon, Mr. Lovitz, finding the cave is fine. Okay. But he finds the cave, and then people are like, oh, maybe it'll be Nightwing. Okay. As soon as he turns on any of the stuff running down there, the boys upstairs are going to find out. <laughs> that becomes a totally different kind of orphanage. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. It's just, there's no. Yeah. Questions. But yeah, I think yeah. the way that that ended was simply to make it so impossible to dig out that you couldn't do another, you couldn't do another Batman and pretend it was a sequel, which I mean was what happened with the original movies. Yeah, as I, I like to tell people. I, well, I I feel the same way, Steve. I just think that no one knew because it was in what was it two thousand and eight, and then the Dark Knight right. was in two thousand and ten. And then mm-hmm. Batman, and the, yeah, so it wasn't really a thing, a connected universe. You know, Marvel hadn't really hit the their stride yet, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think, I, I, I bet DC and Warner Brothers, uh, if you think about your know, past, just the DC brand, regret 
not knowing what they had on their hands because the Nolan trilogy are considered uh, some of the best superhero movies ever made. Although, you know, The Dark Knight stands out. Um, but, you know, man, I we could spend a whole podcast on Robin, on Batman, on all of it, dude. But... Um, to wrap it up, man, the new DCU uh, could be really, really fun, Steve. It's chapter one. They're calling it Gods and Monsters. We're talking about you know, what we like, what we're looking to, and you know when they're going to come out. I hope you guys find your thing. And, you know, Steve, uh, instead of possibly you know, new stuff on the rack, man, if someone came to you and said, hey, the DCU's coming out, I want to maybe you know, bone up on some of this stuff before I see it on screen, would you recommend anything? Anything at all? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, uh, it, when it comes to books, any of the, any of the Creature Commando stuff is going to be a little old school from what they're doing here. So I'd say if you're wanting that, Frankenstein Age and Shade would be the one to try to read just because it would give you a broader stroke of that. I mean, yeah, it's Flashpoint World, but as a thing, most of these characters appear to look the way they did in that. So I think that would be the closest thing. Supergirl World, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is fantastic. Um, the soft cover has come out, so as far as reading as a volume, you can. I'm sure the individuals now are going to be more of a nightmare. I mean, I know we're out of everything, but I think issue six, which was the end. Okay. So, you know, um, as far as pieces, I'd say that one would be one to, to read. What else? Is there anything else you would recommend? I mean, obviously, they want this material probably to be easy enough to get into without having to do a bunch of reading beforehand, but... I think going into stuff like this, having a, a dearth of knowledge about your character, it makes it that much more enjoyable because, I mean, everybody who knows what's going on, like, appreciated that much more to see these versions of themselves or their favorite characters kind of slightly different or tweaked or given that whole uh, MCU or uh, DCEU spin. Like, I think that is what really, really makes it awesome when you're talking about reading comics and then looking at this stuff like on screen from your favorite streaming services or not. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as like other stuff, I mean, Superman world or Superman, all-star Superman would be one to check out. I mean, that's what they're using the images from. If you watch the video from Gunman, oh, as far that. as like pieces, all-star is so good. So good. And uh, as far as the storyline is concerned, I mean, that would be the one to aim at. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of good Superman stories. But, I mean, that one I'd say would be a good one to check out. Uh, when it comes to, like, other other stuff, I mean, Booster Gold has a bunch of books, too. I don't necessarily know if, uh, when it comes to series, there's there's a few different series that happen that were that I feel like are would be good monikers, but he's kind of a deep dive because he also shows up in a bunch of events. So, like, I mean, Blue and Gold, which just I mentioned earlier on the show, just happened, I think gives you a good taste of what Booster's really about. Um, and as far as like pieces, I think avenue wise, that might be what they aim at anyways, is that the earlier stuff way that before, uh, James or before, uh, Jeff Johns took over, there's a bunch of stuff that happened back in the seventies and eighties. And as far as hallmarks are concerned, I don't know if, uh, gosh, it's been a minute since I touched on that stuff real wise. Yeah. I would say aim for blue and gold. If you're wanting to do booster gold stuff, I'll give you, we don't have that blue beetle. And from what we're getting from the movie, I don't think that that's going to be. Well, <sighs> I yeah, would Blue Beetle movie. I kind of. I. I'm not. I'm not so confident in. But. Well, what I would. What I would tell you, if you're interested in Blue Beetle, I think look up Jamie Rice's origin story. You'll get yourself familiarized that way. But if you want good booster, man, try Fifty Two, the series that uh, oh, yeah. was post uh, Infinite Crisis. 
Uh, I think it was in between Infinite and Final Crisis, I believe. It was a great, a fantastic promotional concept done by DC of a year without Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, the Trinity as they call it. And there was great booster content there. You can get a sense of his character without having to, like I said, go far too far back, like you said, you know, or having to do the deep dive. Right. And you'll actually see a lot of the robust nature of the DC universe, whether it's what's going on in Gotham with Batwoman or, you know, what's happening with Black Adam in Kandak. I, I believe one of my very first and biggest introductions to Kandak and Black Adam was 52 the series. And that's a good one. I'd recommend that if you're looking for some Booster Gold stuff. Um, what else, though? If you're looking for, what about um, what about Swamp Thing, my friend? I mean, and they say it's supposed to be a horror movie. Would you tell them to go straight to the run by Alan Moore? Well, Alan Moore stuff's going to be the classic. I mean, that's the classic stuff. You know, I, I, I that, that stuff is really good, and it is Alan Moore. So, it, and it's and it's good, Alan Moore. It's you know, not not kind of unhinged. Get well, off my lawn, Alan Moore. Uh, a, a wizard, you know. I, I don't think people knew that back then. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that stuff's great. Um, the, the more recent, we just had a series of Swamp Thing wrap up, actually. And there's actually, there's two of them. There's one that was by Ram V. Uh, when originally starting out as a miniseries, it was, I believe, supposed to be, I think it was 10 issues, I think is what it originally started as. Uh, but the thing was just so good and so popular, it wound up being 18 by the time it was done. So, you know, as a thing, it did well enough to overstay its miniseries initial welcome. Um, there's another one he's doing, which so far only the first two of it are out, and it's good too. And it has a horror story feel that's called Swamp Thing Green Hell. Oh. Uh, and Green Hell has got one more issue before it finishes. It's, it's black label. So I, I can't prescribe it being continuity, but being the DC. I guess EU or DC Cinematic Universe uh, is going to be building its own flavor of reality, and it may very well be a piece of you take from. And since it does have a horror story feel to it, I would say that, that would probably be a good one. Um, I mean, Swamp Thing is really involved in uh, Brightest Day as well, but it's more towards the end. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, that was a well, you know, it was a reveal that I wasn't really sure I didn't like at all. So never mind, don't don't worry about that. I would say Green Hell. Green Hell because it's easy to access and it's pretty new, and it's uh, it's got a flavor that is horror story flavor. God, man, or Jeff Lemire stuff. Jeez, okay, it's getting harder. Uh, okay, either Swamp Thing Green Hell <laughs> or Volume 1 of New 52 Swamp Thing. Okay, that's great. That's, that's, that's really fun. good. That stuff is amazing. It was is great. Yeah. If you really wind up loving it, because Yanni Paquette was doing the art, and right. it's great. Yep. Jeff Lemire's writing it, which yeah. is what the dude should be doing. It's great. I really love the concept um, of the red and the green and those introductions there. Not only Swamp right. Thing, like you said, check out Animal Man, too. That That is really cool. Talk about a character finally getting its due. I mean, that was the best Animal Man since Grant Morrison basically put him on the map back, jeez, I don't know, in the late 80s, early 90s? but Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's very good stuff. Well, both those books, whenever New 52 started, and we were at the store trying to decide what the order of... Each of them, like, I can tell you, that I, we should have ordered more Animal Man because it was so good. So and good. never expected it to be. And same thing with Swamp Thing. It was so good. Never expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And both of those led to a bunch of cool stories. But, yeah, it, New 52, Swamp Thing Volume 1, it's also Horror Story-esque because that's what both those stories were about. I mean, Animal Man was 
even the art was like a, a waking nightmare. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Paquette was so good at that. There's there's styles that really kind of enhance the writing. And I think Paquette is one of those who does that. I also really like, you know, Capullo for that. I appreciate Jock, sure. Jock for some of that stuff. He's real good. Um, God, you know, it's a blast from the past. But you're talking about Red Rain, Doug Mensch, another great one. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but my man, we're going to wrap this up. You've given us a ton of good stuff, brother. He is the wizard, the czar, the king of everything comics here in Western Colorado. He is CBS Comic Book Steve. Follow him on Instagram, Top 5 Comics CBS. Uh, on Facebook, Top 5 Comics. He's in the Hillcrest Shopping Center above Cameo Hairstyling Salon, right off First and Orchard. Anything you need for comics, trust me, go get it. Whether it's stuff from Hero Clicks, whether it's a book that's hard to find, your boy Steve here will get it. Or if he doesn't have it, he'll make sure he'll he'll hunt down there. He'll break enough knees to make sure he gets it, my <laughs> man. Steve, good stuff, brother. Always appreciate you, dude. Uh, it's a big day. It's fun talking about DC, man. And then we'll get more of it uh, on the next episode. Excellent.